Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox. Twelve fifty WGAM Manchester WGHM Nashua. Penalty time before we get back to even strength. There's a driving blast wide of the net by Prevatera. Fed back to him with a shot and a game winning goal. Gather or rather from a circle around our loud. Just good brothers or others could never ever rock a crowd. Is it because he's running off with the mouth? Or was he really clearly trying to play a nigga out? out? No, shut him down. The king with the crown. Cause all you wanna be is sticky down. It's for that variety of music, Sully. Old school. There you go. Going old school. We got that. We were playing a little Sir Mix-a-Lot before. Classics only. Yeah. On the that's right. Run. We don't mess around here in the stretch run, uh, and I hope LeBron James uh, is okay with that. Uh, it would be great to have him on sometime. I feel like... Should make that work. Should figure that out. I could, I could see what I could do. Maybe I'll call that agent. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll let him on. Come he on. seems to want to like get him out there and uh, you know and start controversy. So uh, who knows? Anyhow, uh, this is the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. I am your host Jimmy Murphy. That is Justin Sullivan, the producer, doing a great job as always. We will be talking shortly. I hope to uh, head coach of the Manchester Monarchs. Uh, Rich Seely and uh, the Monarchs are off to a great start right now. Second in the North Division, trailing Adirondack by two points. Uh, and they, they're playing some really good hockey. They made a couple moves, they're, uh, but they just keep moving along in the standings. And we have Coach Rich Seeley joining us right now here in the stretch run. Coach, how you doing? Uh, not too bad, thanks. Yourself? Uh, not bad. Good to have you back on. Uh, and... Uh, it's good to be back on the air. I missed last week, but um, you guys are uh, moving along right now. You're, you're second in the North Division, five zero and zero on the road. Uh, you're outscoring op- opponents twenty three and fourteen on the road. I guess my question to you is: uh, it, it, we were, actually, it's, it's ironic. I see this now. Uh, Matt Johnson sent me some of these stats. Uh, we were talking about teams being better on the road than they are at home, and how sometimes it's. I don't think easier is the word, but it's uh, you can sometimes apply your targeted system that you really want to use on the road because you tend to simplify things a little more. Would you agree with that assessment? Oh, I don't know. It depends on the circumstance, I think. Uh, I don't know if I would necessarily agree that it's easier you, it's easier to play your system on the road as opposed to as opposed to home. Um, you know, potentially in players' mindsets at times, uh, if there's big crowds, maybe they play a tad differently. They want to be a little bit cuter or try to make the 
the perfect play. Um, mm-hmm. So that, in, a, in an essence, in the mindset of a player may change. But as far as systems-wise, I, I think it's, you know what I mean? I think you should be able to play both home and road, uh, your systems the same way. And perhaps I'd go the other way and say even at home you might have an advantage. As a you get the last change, right? Because you get the last change, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. I guess, yeah, you put it better there is that sometimes I think players, especially young ones, obviously, uh, can tend to get a little too loosey-goosey on home ice and maybe try to do things, uh, take some risks maybe that they wouldn't take on the road. Yeah, I don't know, loosey-goosey. I think, yeah, I would say kind of tend to want to play a perfect game or, or make the perfect pass on a, on a two-on-one, for instance, rather than, than shooting. That that may creep into your mind, um, mindset potentially, mm-hmm. um, that, they, that way they need to be perfect or, or do that when that's not the case. Uh, for whatever reason, our, our club on the road, we've been solid, and I think uh, I like that as an overall sign, I think. We're definitely not where we want to be on home ice yet. Um, I, I see us getting there for, for sure in time, and, and it starts for us tomorrow morning. Um, but more importantly, being able to get some wins on the road is, is big for, I think, the character and the way we can establish our team. So I like that as, as a fact that, that I don't like our home record. I, I've got confidence we'll get there. Um, and, and, and more so right now, value. I like the fact that we've been able to get some some points in the road and some tough buildings to play in. You know what this conversation is making me think? I watch too much of the Boston Bruins because they stink at TD Garden. That's that's what's going on here. I mean, it's yeah. it's something else with them, but that we could spend a whole segment on that. You mentioned the um, the game tomorrow, and you know, for our listeners out there that don't know why you would be playing at a, a morning game on a Wednesday, uh, why don't you tell them what's going on? Yeah, it was, so it's our school kind of morning game. It's an opportunity for a lot of the schools in the area that we work with, different school districts, different schools, different kids that they come in and uh, and be able to, to kind of come to come to one of our games with classmates and in that environment. So we'll have uh, we'll have a really good crowd of a and hopefully continue to earn uh, and 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 get a lot of the our, our young monarch fans going. So it's a good opportunity for them. So we play that, uh, especially uh, change around the time to to make sure it works within their schedule and. I'm having them come out to a game and hopefully enjoy the enjoy the atmosphere. That must be pretty cool, huh? You get to school and you don't have to sit in class. You get to go to a professional hockey game. I mean, man, why didn't they have this when I was a kid? I mean, <laughs> that's a great idea. I love it. Exactly. Um, what's been the response? Sometimes it's rewarded for kids and, and you know some of the some of the programs and some of the messages working through to talk to kids. So it's kind of it's a good take relationship, and we'll be in there. We'll be in their schools throughout the year. I think obviously starting this afternoon and. Throughout the year, we'll be talking to kids in, in different schools about, you know, kind of active and healthy lifestyles and, and, and other such topics that are uh, pertinent to, to school. So it's a, it's a good get-take relationship. And what's been your take, I mean, since becoming coach of the Monarchs, uh, Rich, on uh, just that community around here when it comes to the hockey community and um, the, the, you know, the level of play and, and where the game is going uh, specifically in this southern New Hampshire area? You know, it's great. I think I think we're growing. You know, the, the, the Monarchs, the professional hockey team, have always been a portion of that since they've been here about helping, helping trying to grow uh, the minor hockey base and grow the sport in, in southern New Hampshire. And uh, I feel we do a pretty good job of that and, and have over the years. And it's important, I think, as a coach from a standpoint, knowing being a former player and sometimes having a hockey team involved in my community, community the importance of, you know, kind of the role model aspect of it, and 
being able to see the professional players in their environment, whether it be at the you know the the new SNHU arena and the you know the ten thousand seat arena, and or whether it be seeing the dressing room or having the players come in their jerseys and, and talk to us about uh, you know kind of active and healthy lifestyles, the impression that can make on on a on a young on a young hockey player is, is can be huge and. Um, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a big portion of that. I think it's nice to see where it seems like more and more. I know the minor hockey numbers are pretty solid in New Hampshire per capita. Um, I think the hockey history here, dating back to the long days, is probably some uh, you know some Canadians coming across the border in a long time, and, and it's a very knowledgeable hockey fan in New Hampshire. So I think those are all positive, you know, good things. And it seems like more and more they're slowly developing. Uh, you know, some quality hockey players coming out of New Hampshire um, yeah. through the prep school ranks, through high schools, working on to some of the, a lot of the NCAA programs and uh, some of the junior programs that are in the state, um, helping turn around hockey players and developing hockey players. And uh, I think that's all good stuff. And, and, and I think, you know, to have that continue forward, the Monarchs are going to need to play a role in that for sure uh, yeah. in some way, shape, or form. And I'd like to, We'd like to see that container grow, um, and, and one perfect example of that is, is our assistant coach Jeff Giuliano. Um, you know, he's a he's a New Hampshire high school player and um, a prep school player at a St. Paul school, and on, on to BC local hockey's product, and then here here in here in the pros and and in Los Angeles, so a great career card out of a, a New Hampshire native, native. So nice to see that way, and hopefully we can continue that more. And obviously, I think it was Ben Lovejoy. New Hampshire native also yep. winning the Stanley Cup with Pittsburgh. So um, I think that's a great thing, and we want to continue to, to strive and develop hockey players across the board. Yeah, for sure. And I, I've noticed even just being here in a short time I've been on the air, uh, the response to the hockey talk we have on the show. I mean, I if I did that in Boston on some of the channels I go on, I mean, people they don't let me have more than one segment on hockey. And it, it's been great here. Uh, I can tell the knowledge of the game is, is very strong in this community. So that's great that you guys are a part of that. Uh, I'm looking at some of the stats that uh, Matt Johnson sent me here, and I didn't even realize um, that one Joey Diamond is on your team. Uh, huh? Uh, I'm not sure how that took so long to figure out that Joe Diamond is on our team. Yeah. yeah. He's a big part of our team. Yeah, he um, leads the league with 13 penalty, uh, minor penalties, but I know Joey from a, a long like time that, ago. Yeah, he's a he's a solid hockey player, former captain out of Maine, um, pretty highly touted, and 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 um, kind of came was with us last year after battling kind of a year off an injury, and he's been great for us this year. He's he's really worked hard. Um, there's never been any question about his his physical presence on the ice and his ability to be creative in the offensive zone and, and, and finish and produce points. And uh, this year, he's kind of taken it one step further and made a real commitment to playing a 200-foot game, which we like and has been very valuable for us. So uh, we're happy to have him around. I know he's a hard-nosed player, really tough to play against, you know, when he's on the ice. And so, uh, yeah, we're we're happy to have him. Well, I'll tell you a quick, quick story here. When, uh, my friend Todd Carroll and I um, were doing some scouting uh, for the Montreal Juniors. Uh, they don't exist anymore. They moved to a different... Yep place and yeah so they're up in the uh, in the queue there and and, yep. and Todd no knew Joey through uh Joey's parents and you know he's scouting him a bit and he he kept saying to the the coach up there let's give him a chance and he kept you know they had never seen him play but they saw his size and they said no he's too small he's not going to hit yeah so he gave him a chance we bring him up there and in three games he got in three fights one of them in which he just took care of the biggest kid in the camp uh he scored five goals 
and he still didn't make the team, and we were stunned. And uh, but he grew so much respect from some other people in the, in the organization there, and then from the fans. And we had people coming. You know, I, I was in a bar uh, that night after one of the games. Uh, one of the exhibitions, and they're like, who's that kid? He's unbelievable. He's got so much spunk. He's got so much energy. And, you know, I, I lost track of him, and I'm glad to see that he's helping you guys out. I mean, he always had that energy, and I always respected that. He had a big heart. He does. He does. And, he's, you know, he's been, uh, he's been you know, uh, I don't like some of the minors, but he plays, you know, kind of what I say. I, I see it sometimes on the ice. The kid sees red, and there's not much stopping him. And as a, maybe an undersized, what what you'd say, um, it doesn't matter if he's six four up against an opponent who's six four six two. Uh, he's definitely a presence on the ice, and I, I can tell you from firsthand. There's a couple players in our league that have learned the hard way yeah. um, of how competitive Joe Diamond is, and um, his credit. Yeah, he's been he, he's been really good, a quality player. I like him, and, and I'm sure his time will come, and we're hopefully he'll get an opportunity soon to to continue to, to move up to the American League, but. Uh, that was something we looked at as a, a key element to our team, and obviously was a big part of you know the the University of Maine hockey program. Being a former captain there, some some outstanding numbers. So um, yeah, he's been he's been great for us and and, and a good for our guy uh, to have on the team. He made Todd and I look really good, and those coaches that didn't take him uh, really bad when he went on to have that success at Maine. So I thank him for that. Um, yeah. Listen, you, your power play's been great as well. You've got a, a you lead the league with a twenty five percent success rate on a power play. What's been clicking there uh, in your eyes? Um, we've started to incorporate some movement in our power play, and we've had we have pretty good personnel. Um, to be honest with you, uh, we've got some guys that have taken some ownership in that power play and, and have worked pretty hard at it. Um, we've got guys that have a skill set, and and combined with the work ethic, it's kind of come together. Um, so it's been pretty solid this far, and especially teams in general have been key for us. I've been uh, probably more impressed with our penalty kill uh, this year um, than our power play, to be totally honest with you. Our penalty kill has been fantastic. It's been overworked. Uh, it had been the tops in the league by far. We gave up a couple two weekends ago and a couple tough ones where we're a second or two away from a kill. But to me, that's really been a big portion of how we're winning hockey games is is having success in the penalty kill, especially in the road. I mean, over the past weekend, I think we were, they were 0 for 5 or 1 for 6, you know what I mean? And, and we're 1 for 3 or 2 for 3 in a power play. That's that's definitely how we've been able to get some road wins. So special teams in general have been good. So, uh, and I, I get a lot goes to personnel. Um, we have, you know, I'm trying to get the right personnel at the right times, uh, but obviously right. the guys that are able to go and execute that, whether it be, you know, uh, winning a diesel face off on the penalty kill, having good goaltending is obviously a big part of it. And then, um, you know, the guys like David Cole, and uh, Justin Augusta on the back end, Privetera have been able to kind of distribute and move pucks. And guys like Joe Diamond have been putting in the effort and execute in and around the blue paint in front of the net. So so far so good. But in all honesty, we need that. Uh, we need that to continue throughout this year. It's not uh, that body of work. We're only what ten or eleven games in. So. We'll need that power play, and especially teams in general, to be to be working at that capacity the rest of the year. Well, you got the you got the Royals tomorrow, and then again Friday and Saturday, all at home. So a good chance to uh, boost that home record, uh, Coach. We wish you the best of luck and uh, have fun with the kids tomorrow. Right? Sounds good. We will. All right, that's head coach Rich Sealy joining us here. Uh, from the Manchester Monarchs on the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire, as he does every Tuesday. Uh, definitely go check them out. Three games in a row here. Spread out a bit, too, there. Wednesday and then Friday, Saturday. 
Uh, so if you can't make it, obviously, to a morning game in the week, uh, understandable. But you can check them out Friday and Saturday up in Manchester uh, at the Southern New Hampshire University Arena. And uh, we're going to continue some hockey talk in the next segment with Mick Collagio of the New Bedford Standard Times as we look at the Bruins and their current road trip uh, as they've been real road warriors like the Monarchs uh, thus far. So stay with us. The Stretch Run will be back. Short but not too big around I'm a man of means by no means King of the road I know every engineer on every train All of the children and all of their names And every handout in every town And every lock that ain't locked when no one's around I sing Trailers for sale or rent Rooms to let 50 cents No phone, no pool, no pets You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy right here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm Dan Patrick and this is Above the Noise. Cowboys rookie Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are getting a lot of attention. They're certainly frontrunners for Offensive Rookie of the Year. And one or both could end up in the MVP race. But you have to recognize the offensive line that's made both of their jobs a little easier. Dallas drafted offensive linemen high, and it's paying off. But that's football. In baseball or basketball, every player has some sort of stats. Offensive linemen have to give up the glory to the pretty boys in their skilled positions. The same dynamic is unfolding in places like Tennessee and Miami. DeMarco Murray and Jay Ajahi are having big seasons thanks to their line. Oakland quarterback Derek Carr is a rising star, in large part thanks to that front line. Don't feel bad for the offensive linemen, though. They know the drill. If they were just a little smaller or better athletes, they'd be skilled position players. But even if the big guys don't get their due, they're having a huge impact on this year's NFL. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Southern New Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox. This is ESPN New Hampshire. To the hash marks, the blast from Pasternak and Dominic Devon's son. It's 2-0 Boston. Marshan with a sweet, soft, flat feed, and Pasternak shows the one-timer. Holds off Krejci, who chips it loose. More scores. Dominic Moore from center ice into an empty net. He has a multi-point night, and the Bruins are going to beat the Colorado
And welcome back to the Stretcher on here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. Justin Sullivan doing a great job, as always, on the boards there. And we were supposed to be joined by him yesterday. He had a few phone issues, and he's gracious enough to join us today. It is Mick Collagio of the New Bedford Standard Times right now. Mick, how you doing? Oh, I'm feeling very gracious today. Oh, Just kidding. We are I'm, gracious, I'm, too. Uh, sorry, sorry for the mishap yesterday, but the, uh, the phone has uh, survived, and... And it's back in business. Well, I, you know what? I'm glad to hear that. So you didn't have to get a new phone. I didn't have to get a new phone. And the weather being what it is, you didn't have to play Black Hole Sun. But you stuck <laughs> with the sound garden, which is always nice. Well, you know, feeling Minnesota. They are playing the Wild next, right? So There we go. There we go, my friend. Uh, Mick, where would the Boston Bruins be right now without Tuka Rask? Oof. Um you know, I, I if I could divide the in a season black hole, into, into, <laughs> <laughs> if I could divide the season into uh, into uh, how many weeks are we in now? How many weeks are we deep? Uh, what are we, four uh, weeks deep, probably, Sully? We're about five in. Yeah. Um, so um, if I could say that the first two weeks they would be uh, just you know uh, really problematic. I think the last three have been much better. And I feel like there's been a progression within those three that they're getting better as they go. So when Rask plays great, now it's looking more predictable for him. And uh, the team, I think, is uh, – there are segments of these games where Tuka seems like he's getting shelled and they're, and they're hanging on. And, and then, uh, But, hey, in the glory days, it, uh, those segments were there too, and I don't think they're that uncommon around the league for any team. But I do think the Bruins are making a lot of progress here that's making Rask's game a little more manageable, and that's why he can do those back-to-backs. We've, we've heard Rask before not be too shy when it comes to, I'm not, I don't think the word is complaining, but uh, recognizing some coverage problems in front of him or uh, some gaps, some holes. Um, what have you seen from that defense, uh, and also the forwards as well, that, that is tightening up uh, things, or when need be, opening up the pass so that he can see the puck coming? I think one of the things is is that the chances that the opponents are getting are not emanating from two zones away anymore. I think that the Bruins were giving up a boatload of odd man rushes uh, in the first couple weeks of the season. And um, and these kind of looks were, you know, the gaps were ridiculous and the passes were getting through. And I think what we got now is um, a back check that's more centered around the middle of the rink. They drew a line between from one end to the other. You see the Bruins forwards more clustered that way. They're not all over the ice when the puck goes away. They're trying to make sure that they are lined up and heading back hard through the middle of the rink with sticks on the ice so that uh, long diagonal passes that uh, switch the puck from one side to the other are um, have a lot less chance of connecting, and I think they're able to disrupt a lot of these kinds of chances. So the things that teams are able to generate now are are uh, getting somewhat limited now to things that they create once they gain entry or recover a puck in the Bruin zone, which happens from time to time when they can't get it out. Uh, you know, there's still some stuff that's going on, but those 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 fire wagon. It looked like Calgary on a bad night for a while there. Yeah, I agree with you. And do you credit that to a change in approach by Julian, or is it more the approach staying the same and the players executing better? 
Yeah, I'm going to go about 50-50 on that one because I think that the players were – any time – and this has been the case really three years in a row, but each training camp we've been greeted by – we're going to tweak our system this year. We're going to allow the defense to uh, step up and make more plays so we can get the puck back sooner. And we're going to try to play the game faster, move the puck more rapidly. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is really nice. How are you going to do that with entry level and developing personnel in critical areas? How's that going to work? <laughs> it's not like you're trying to do this with – you know, uh, you know, 65 years ago with Charis, Seidenberg, Ferentz, Boychuk, you know, and McQuaid, and you know, I mean, this is this is uh, uh, definitely a different era, um, and especially up front, you have so much changing personnel. The one thing I think that this team has over the last one uh, is the bottom six is a lot more rugged and established uh, players, and and I think that because of that, um, the Bruins are more capable of uh, not becoming a, a revolving door for these kinds of uh, opportunities. And I do think the Bruins kind of, uh, you know, did a little tweak there to make sure that these players uh, were filling in down the middle of the rink and taking away that kind of stuff. And, you know, quickly before we move on from the goaltending and defense there, um, Zanino Char is, is once again logging tons of minutes there. And, you know, for the most part, he's handled it very well, and he's he's been obviously a key part uh, to the success they've enjoyed early on here. However, I mean, we know he's human. We've seen him wear down a lot sooner than he used to over the last two years. And you would expect that that's going to happen again. It, do you think the Bruins have a plan in place for when that happens, or are they just going to have to ride it out and, and hope for the best? I think that there's no magic up the sleeve. I think what they're doing here is trying to serve two masters. They're trying to keep core pieces in place and expect high-level performance out of them, which needs to be even more consistently high when the rest of the team is something they're shepherding along rather than being buttressed by, uh, you know, as the veteran club of a few years back. This is a situation where you need more from those guys and it's a time in Chara's career where you'd like to be able to ask less of him. So right now, they're treating him like he's uh, 29, not 39. And, um, and you know, he's a competitive guy, and he's uh, incredibly fit and eager and resilient. Um, the question is, is will the miles catch up? And will injuries penetrate? That's usually what it looks like. Injuries is what it looks like when somebody uh, breaks down and gets old. So... I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a tough one. Right now, it works, and it's critical that they get off to a good start this season. They do have between now and the trade deadline to to make a plan to improve themselves. I think they're going to treat this incrementally and uh, integrate Kevin Miller uh, soon, not now, but soon. And he skated uh, today, yeah. See, yeah, and see how that goes, you know. And and um, uh, and that, as we go along here. Uh, you know, we'll see what the progress is in Providence and whether or not they want to bring back Robbie O'Gara um, uh, this season. Uh, who knows what else is going to happen between now and then in the way of injuries. But you know that they can't handle much in the way of injuries in the back end because it's been a, it's been a situation where the generation gap has not really been addressed. I mean, mm. what you have here is uh, guys in their prime who ideally in a Stanley Cup contender are playing third pairing. 
And one of those guys, Tory Krug, is making $5 million a year and being asked to be their Nicholas Jamison, anchor a second pairing, and be all things to all men. Um, that's a tough assignment, and he's trying real hard to grow into it, and he's certainly making progress, and the team is benefiting uh, from that effort. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. And, you know, you mentioned something in there when you were speaking about Char, referencing his how much of a competitor he is, and I've always wondered if that almost hurts him sometimes, like kind of has a reverse effect and hurts the team almost. Because what if there does come a point, right, Mick, uh, you know, let's say we're in January or deep into February, and he's wearing down, and it's evident to everybody. And, hey, you know what? This kid's come in here and say it's O'Gara, say it's somebody else, or they have a combination of guys they think can make up some minutes for him so they can decrease his but I feel like he's the type who's going to be like, no, I'm playing those minutes. I want to be the number one guy still. I want to be the guy out there in the number one power play. Because it, 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 it's just in his blood. Like you said, he's a competitor. And I, I worry about if they ever come to that point, what might happen. Yeah. Um, it's like I mean, do you feel me on that? Or? Remember the Kings like 10 years ago when Andy Murray was coaching them? Yeah, you'd go over to the fours after the Bruins. After you file for the Bruins game, you go over to the fours and watch a little late night hockey from the West Coast. Yep. And you'd say, you'd look up at those monitors and say, "Holy crap, is this a is this a playoff game we're watching?" <laughs> the Kings would just be so rugged out there. And by by the three quarter pole of the season, half the team was out of the lineup, banged up, and they would all fall apart. And and you know, and I I wound up asking him about this once. I and he said. Well, you look at the ticket prices. Do you think I should be telling my team not to play hard? <laughs> and I'm thinking, all right, all right, you win the argument, but is there some happy medium here? I don't right. know if we can find it, but in a case like Chara's, um, he's at 2330. Uh, historically, those aren't oppressive minutes, but the thing to remember is, you're, you know, when you talk about the minutes, you're talking about he's always facing the other team's top guns. And this is. Uh, the nature of these minutes are always hard minutes. Yeah. He doesn't get any easy minutes. For so, sure. so that's 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 the question there. Sometimes I wish he'd tail them off when they have a three goal lead in a third period or something, and you still see Z out there and these guys taking these half swings at his hands. You know, and mean, you know, this is the kind of thing that scares me is garbage time crap that that could get to him and and mm-hmm. break a bone and a finger or something. That's what you don't want to see with a guy like him. Uh, because it's not so much that it's twenty three thirty; it's that some of them are coming at times where it feels like hey, get him out of there. Yeah, you know? there's so. no need. Yep, I'm with you on that. Quickly before we let you go here, Mick, uh, one of the things I've noticed in the last few games is, and I, I don't think it's any coincidence uh, uh, that it's occurred as as backs has filtered back into the lineup is the reemergence of David Krejci as a prime presence up the middle there, and I'm sure you've seen that too. Uh, just your take on the, the depth now that he's he's returning to the forward corpse there. Well, there's no question. I mean, Bacchus can look like a clumsy guy out there. He looks like vulnerable to take some tough hits out there. And you say, boy, you know, this guy, you know, he, he coughs up a few pucks in his own end or the other end. But what he does for David Krejci by giving him – uh, an ominous physical presence and a guy who goes to the net hard and takes no prisoners is just the thing that makes Krejci 
a special, special player. I think he can clean up on those messes when Lucic and Horton and Lucic and Aginla did this for him. And, and with Bacchus in the lineup, whether he's helping out Bergeron and Krejci with D-zone starts or, or penalty kill face-offs, the, the biggest thing he can do for this team is restore that element because that's what makes David Krejci able to be what he is at his best as a playmaker in a chaotic situation. That's where he's a great player. Yeah, and as long as he stays healthy and Bacchus too, I mean, they definitely have a, a solid top six, and that will do nothing but help. Uh, Mick, uh, always a pleasure, my friend. I'm glad the phone situation is settled, and uh, we'll get you on down the line, all right? Thanks a bunch, Murph. All Take right. Care. Mick Collagio of the New Bedford Standard Times joining me here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. We got one segment left. Hey, Sully, what are we going to do? And uh, you know what? Oh, I forgot to reference the song to Mick. He would have got a kick out of it, and I, I, I think you're way too young to understand the song. Probably. Do you know who Eddie LeBeck was? Nope. All right. I'm looking out. I'm looking out of here. We're but... gonna give you some homework. All right. Tomorrow you gotta come in and tell us and tell myself and the listeners who Eddie LeBeck was. Okay. All right. I'll do my research. It's uh, yeah. This uh, <laughs> there you go, buddy. The beauty of Google. Imagine if I had Google when I was your age. Right. Oh. Homework, homework would have been a lot easier. Yeah, man. man. <laughs> Anyhow, all right, that's that's the homework uh, for, for the night. Come back in tomorrow and, and tell us who Eddie LeBeck is, and I'm sure listeners of my age and older can remember that name. Uh, but do not tell Sully if you do call here, 603-883-9900. 603-883-9900 is the number here at ESPN New Hampshire in the stretch run. We'll be back. Carla, she said, yeah, Eddie's not dead. The LeBecs in Quebec They all said, yeah, he's doing fine I don't know, French, take a chance Qu'est-ce que c'est? Sacré bleus, du talent, enchanté Mais on croit, we don't care Yeah, we don't believe it We can't conceive it Cause in our eyes We're still Listening to the Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for the right time with Bomani Jones, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Come experience all the joys of living at Bedford Green. Only steps from the Merrimack River and Heritage Walking Trails, the Bedford Green offers some of the largest floor plans in the area with a convenient location only minutes from Manchester. Bedford Green is the town's newest luxury living address, featuring granite counters, stainless steel appliances, natural light and spacious layouts, and offers easy accessibility to restaurants, shopping, and all the major highways. Visit BedfordGreenNH.com. Hey Chelsea, guess what? I found out my friend at school is going to be moving into a new house. Oh really? That's cool. Where's she moving to? They don't know yet. They're still looking. Do you think they'll ever be able to find a house? Oh sure. Especially if they go to see Daddy at Pinnacle Mortgage. Right, Isabel? That's right, Chelsea. They'll get low rates, great service, and many options to choose from. You see, Pinnacle Mortgage offers FHA, VA, USDA, conventional, and New Hampshire housing first-time buyers programs. Right, Owen? That's right. So, Maddie, you 
should tell your friend's parents to go see Dad and the staff at Pinnacle Mortgage. Pinnacle Mortgage. Call 603-518-7900. Pinnacle Mortgage. 65 Market Street, Manchester. And online at PinnacleMTGCorp.com. Pinnacle Mortgage. NMLS number 132-3739. Licensed by the New Hampshire Banking Department. Connecticut Mortgage Broker License number MB 132-3739. Main Loan Broker License number 132-3739. Hertz Transon. NMLS number 22202. Equal housing opportunity. PinnacleMTGCorp.com. Do you feel like you've been benched or sent down to the minors? Are you paying the correct amount of child support? Let a team of experts help you out. That team is Bardis Law. There is nothing more important in your life than your kids. You wouldn't cut corners for them? Don't cut corners on your legal representation. Don't show up without your starters. Going to court without an attorney is like playing without a coach and without a playbook. Let Bardis Law get you back in the huddle so we can call the play. Call Bardis Law at 603-420-8588 or visit www.bardislaw.com. Hey everyone, it's ESPN New Hampshire's Jimmy Murphy. Join me this Friday afternoon, 3 to 6 p.m. as we take the Stretch Run Radio Show on the road to Boston Billiard Club and Casino in Nashua. Boston Billiard Club and Casino's new charitable gaming options offer poker tables, roulette, blackjack, Mississippi stud, let it ride, and so much more. You can win real money and help support local charities. Boston Billiard Club and Casino in Nashua is also a great place to play pool and watch sports with dozens of tables and TVs in every direction. Plus, they have $3 cords-like drafts during all Bruins games. So again, join me this Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. at Boston Billiard Club and Casino in Nashua, 55 Northeastern Boulevard, as we bring the Stretch Run on the road. Radio and television have been part of your daily life for as long as you can remember, so why not make a career out of it? Visit NHAB.org, the online home of the New Hampshire Association of Broadcasters, to learn more about over-the-air broadcasting. Interested in pursuing a career in radio or television? Whether it be on the air or behind the scenes, many Granite State stations are looking for motivated people just like you. Visit our online job bank at NHAB.org to view current job openings and even post your resume for potential employment. You can also access a list of upcoming job fairs in New Hampshire as well as NHAB-sponsored events. Students, if you're studying over-the-air broadcasting, apply for the NHAB Student Broadcaster Scholarship and learn about available internships at local stations. It's easy to navigate, full of useful resources, and it's only a click away. NHAB.org, the online source of Granite State Broadcasting. You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for The Right Time with Bomani Joe. Only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Stretch Run here in ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host. That was Marcellus Bennett. Marcellus Bennett. Uh, 
heading into the Seahawks Patriots game. Yep. Uh, Obviously, his brother didn't play, but yeah. doesn't want his brother to be any more than a C plus well, student. Mar- Martellus was an A plus, and, uh, and maybe if they went to him on the final play, we'd be talking about a Patriots win. Different situation, you know. But uh, you know, what are you going to do? By the way, a broken lung for Rob Gronkowski, as you well know by now. Uh, or a punctured lung, not broken lung. Yeah, punctured. Uh, looking as if he will miss this uh, this coming game in San Francisco. Yeah. We'll get more updates as the week goes on, I'm sure. But Yeah, that's what it looks like right now. And, I mean, it's San Fran. You don't need him to beat San Fran. I'd rather him relax yeah. and get this taken care of and, you know, get healthy. Because he took a shot. He took a, a big hit. And at least two of them, the one where he fumbled, which I completely forgot about, but he took one to the and side. He, yeah. And then the one, he's coming down the seam, and Earl Thomas just lit him up right over the middle. So yeah, that's two you, right there. You know, we'll uh, – I, I don't know if we can look it up right now, but if not, we'll, we'll play it tomorrow. He, he is going to need those lungs for his post-career uh, as <laughs> oh, yeah. a rock star, yeah. as an 80s rock star. Have you, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. I know what oh, you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. So uh, very important that those lungs are preserved – uh, for this uh, post NFL career move that he plans to make, I think uh, it just he he is a, a regular bon- John Bon Jovi uh, performing for EA Sports. If you haven't seen it yet, I urge you to check it out. Uh, it's one of the Madden Seventeen uh, commercials. Did you find it? Are we can we do, we do it tonight. Let's see here. All right, let's do it. This is uh, this is the Gronk as Bon Jovi. Gotta fill it out. Your offense needs to be more tough. So tough. I'll keep myself open all day. Running all the routes and making the plays and stuff. And stuff. I'm saying you should look at the Madden team you got. You need a solid tight end, let me fill that slot You've got receivers, but they're not quite big enough So give me a shot Whoa, you're halfway there Whoa, but you need another player My giant hands will make us champs, I swear Whoa, with the right amount of flair so th- yeah, there you go. I mean, there's no way that a man <laughs> with uh, with bad lungs can do that later on. No, after he needs, these, he needs to get so, those taken care of. Exactly. Sit, so this relax. is the time. Rest him up. Let let Bennett take care of it. Let the the black unicorn uh, take care of business in San Francisco and save those singing lungs, uh, Mr. Gronk. Uh, all jokes aside, though, uh, it will be interesting. We'll start to get into the San Francisco matchup tomorrow, and yeah. as the week goes on. Uh, a, the over-under on how many times uh, Colin Kaepernick National Anthem stuff is brought up, what do we think? Hmm. I mean, I'm not going to do it on this show, are you? <laughs> yeah. Around, around here? Yeah, in, in general around here. In general here. around here, mm, a lot. Probably, yeah, it's going to feel like week one again, right? Probably like six or seven times per show. Yeah. They'll probably yeah. spend well, six Well, you or won't seven hear it on a stretch run. Here's a solemn promise. <laughs> there will be no National Anthem uh Sitting or standing, Colin Kaepernick talk. There will be Kaepernick talk for sure. Absolutely, yeah. Qu- the quarterback uh, because the quarterback play. Yes, because he he does have a style similar to Russell Wilson, um, 
And if he was smart, he was watching that game very closely on how to beat the Patriots defense uh, when you're that type of quarterback. So I'd be interested to see how much of what Seattle did is incorporated into San Francisco's plan. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, the Patriots are going to, you know, on paper, I mean, there's no reason the Patriots shouldn't blow San Francisco away. But they they should. That's why they play the game on the field. (laughs) And, you know, it's. There's there's leaks in the D right now, and, and there's ways to expose it. So I'm sure San Francisco is paying close attention to their AFC West rival there, the Seattle Seahawks, um, as they utilize. I'm not putting Kaepernick on, on Wilson's yeah, not the same guy, but they, status they at have all. This, I'm not, I'm not the putting them on the play. same level at all. Yeah. But they're, style-wise, they're the same. So I'm interested to see how the Patriots' defense comes out against him. Uh, on Sunday. By the way, I got somebody just text about the intro song there we played. It's a it's a musician uh, by the name of Jane, and it's spelled J A I N. She's from France, and I she's like it. sixteen years old. I like it. Sounds good. It's a beautiful, beautiful song, beautiful voice, and uh, I like the the sound. And she uh, so she's from France, but she spent uh, I think the last four years. I I, I found out about her uh, from a station in Boston, ninety two five. They play a lot of independent music yeah and uh yeah great story she she spent the last four years uh working in africa uh doing like charity work her family was down there and she went to school there and so a lot of influence there in her music so we'll play more her on the way out but yeah definitely check her out there um so you know i we'll get to the patriots and niners like i said we're going to talk some celtics for sure tomorrow uh, talk about their game with the the Mavericks, uh, but sorry, big game in the NHL, uh, a big night in the NHL tonight. Thirteen games in the NHL tonight. Yeah, I saw that filling out the uh, my fantasy roster today. Yeah, oh, it's pretty busy. That's night. why I was going to bring it up, so I remind you to fill it out. Pretty Don't forget. busy. Hey, I'm, yeah, very, I'm doing okay. You're doing great. <laughs> Sully is doing great. The, in the stretch right run, the uh, inaugural stretch run hockey league on Yahoo Sports. Uh, Sully is off to a great start, unlike me. <laughs> uh, I am not. I am off to a hard start. Taking some early wins, and yep. I got some guys. I got some guys in the wings. I got Eichel. He's on injured reserve. He'll come back, and he skated. I think it was Tuesday, so that's a good sign, at least, that he'll be back pretty soon here. But yeah, busy night in hockey tonight. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and speaking of hockey, uh, a great quote from former Boston Bruin and future Hall of Famer Yarmir Yager today uh, is in. It was talking to. Uh, my colleague and friend Eric Engels, based out of Montreal, the Panthers are playing the Canadians tonight. Uh, and Jagger, who's now with the Panthers, was talking to Engels uh, about Dominic Hasek and Carey Price because Eric Engels was working on a story, uh, a column where he says that Price and Hasek, I don't know if I agree with this, but says they're the most dominant goalies of all time. Yeah. And uh, so he, he said, uh, what makes them... So intimidating when talking about Price and Hashik. He asked uh, Jagger, what makes them so intimidating? And Jagger responded, they stop every bleeping puck. <laughs> pretty accurate. Plain, <laughs> to the a- point. Pretty accurate. Don't waste time. Gets right to the point. That's why you love Jagger. I miss covering him, man. Yeah, he's funny. He's what funny. a quote he was. And I, I mean, he's an animal. He's an animal. He's a beast. Yeah. I, I, I said to you off the air. At this point, keep going. Just keep playing. Like, just keep going. Everyone's like, oh, when he's going to retire? When is he going to retire? As long as he's playing and he's playing well, keep going. Go, right. go, go. Absolutely. You can help so many teams. We, we had somebody on you know? who was talking about him, and then I, I, I said, yeah, I've yeah, seen I it in person. That. 
You, it's just an animal. That we had? I forget, but you know, I told the story where I, yeah. I, it was like game three or four of the second round of the playoffs against the yeah. Rangers uh, in 2013 when the Bruins went to the Cup and lost to the uh, the Blackhawks that year. And Yarmer, Yarmer he just uh, he had scored a tying goal to send the game to overtime, and then the Bruins won the game in overtime. It was like uh, the game lasted over three hours. Uh, you know, and we're writing our stories, and then I have to do a couple TV hits, and yeah, it's at least two and a half hours after the game's over, and it's dark, and I I hear I hear somebody skating out there, and I go out, and there's Yarger doing sprints, <laughs> you know, goal line to goal line, uh, with weights on his shoulder, his chest, his knees. Unbelievable, unreal, animal. Like that's, just, that's and he just comes animal. over to me, and he's like. You didn't see any of this, and we didn't report it, and then it just it just leaked out. Somebody yeah. else leaked it. I, I kept my word, but now it's public knowledge. But I mean, it was it was great. It was unreal. Yeah. That that's work ethic, and that's just commitment to being the best. That's commitment, why he's playing at age forty five. Commitment to being a great player late into your career, and and, and this the best is, is an, that's animal like. That's that's amazing. But that you still do he's that. So fun. And yeah. That's the other thing, he's having so much fun, and you know, he reinvented himself. Go do your research, listen, and, yeah. and Sully, in case you don't know. I mean, he went through some bad times with the Capitals and Rangers. He lost his passion for the game. He admitted he became kind of a jerk to deal with. Yeah. He reinvented himself. Uh, so, you know, kudos to him Absolutely. what he did there. Keep going. Um, so, anyhow, lots of hockey. Enjoy it. Lots of college basketball. Sean Sindel said thanks to him for coming on. Talk to some Celtics. Thanks to Mick Collagio. Thanks to head coach Rick Seeley of the Mon- Manchester Monarchs. Uh, thanks to Eric Edholm talking some football with us. Uh, thanks to Bob Snow of NHL.com. And, of course, UNH Wildcats hockey head coach Dick Humilly joining us earlier in the show. And thanks to you, Sully, for working the boards. This has been another edition of Stretch Run here in ESPN New Hampshire. We'll talk to you tomorrow. As I'm crying, oh no, my eyes are crying. My eyes are crying, oh no, my eyes are crying. Oh. Holy